You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 280, we're discussing the Ghostbusters Afterlife Trailer, Batman in the Flash, and convention toy reveals. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. And someday we'll get Sanjay back on the podcast. He is currently sunbathing somewhere in the interior of BC. But guys, we are here again another Thursday, and it's been another crazy week in Nerd. Not only for the plastic that we have all hauled into our respective homes, but also today, as we record, we got the second Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, which turns up that nostalgia right to 11. I'm vibrating with excitement, getting ready to discuss that. We're going to talk about some set photos. So big spoilers here, guys. Set photos from The Flash that reveal a bit more of the Batman that we're going to see inside of that epic movie. And we're also going to talk some toy reveals. There's been all kinds of spurious toy reveals from different conventions, whether it's the non-event that was SDCC this year, whether it was Hasbro PulseCon, Anticipation, whether it was NECA, McFarlane, everyone's moving the pieces around the board. And with those reveals comes the pain that is going to be our wallets and the forgiveness we're going to be asking from our spouses. Because guys, there is a lot of plastic coming at us, so I can't wait to dig into that. But first things first, guys, it's been... Like I said, another crazy week, but that really all kicks off with my favorite segment of this podcast, and that's This Week in Nerd. Now, I know you guys have been chasing some serious plastic, so I got to hear from you first, Troy. I'm always excited to see where you've been, where you've been grinding, what aisles you have been running down. So how's this past week in nerd, this past week in plastic been for you? It's it's been quiet for me, man. I've... uh... I've calmed down a lot. I'm proud of myself. I've calmed down a lot on on the Marvel Legends on on the Black series, but uh, no, it, it it was it was lightweight. I um, what do I start off with? I guess it's been a couple weeks. So, I got my hands on the Loki uh, figure. Oh, nice. I guess the variant you could say, uh, Marvel Legend, and um, you know, I was gonna pass this guy by, but after being such a fan of the show, when I saw him in person, I was like, whoa, let me do a double take. Yeah, I'm grabbing this guy. So I threw him in the cart. And then uh, I saw Vision, another one, like the ghost Vision, the Vision from my childhood, because I always remember him being like that white figure mm-hmm. and uh, from the arcade games. And I was like, yes. you know what? You know what I mean? Yeah, the beat yeah. up So I was like, yo, I got to have that Vision. Because to be honest, like the Vision that I have currently, the Endgame Vision, where they kind of changed up his uh, color scheme a little bit Is to give it a little bit more of like a reflective the look. The transparency? The transparency, yeah. it... it you know what? It really doesn't look that... For me, I just don't really feel it that much. So when I saw this white vision, I was like, yeah, that's the one I want. So I picked him up and um, yet to actually open those guys yet. But um, man, yo, the main one actually that I got my hands on going back to the 90s was the Iron Man with the long hair, don't care mullet <laughs> from the Marvel versus Capcom armor where, you know, he has like the, he has like the golden kind of belly showing. 
and then he has like the like the the red chest, and then he has the red legs. It's the armor that we've all been wanting to see in the MCU. We haven't gotten that armor, so everybody out there that knows that armor, that's that's the one. So they so released like it. modular armor or whatever. The, it is? That's the one. That's the. Yeah. Like, I remember still being a kid going to Phoenix Martin's shop and seeing like the Toy Biz version of this figure, like high up on the shelves, and he came with the suitcase. And you were meant to pretend you could put the armor in the suitcase. And I just remember being like, I want that toy so bad. So for me to have my hands on this guy now in 2021, but it's the Marvel Legends edition. And this this articulation is dope. Like, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. But to have an Iron Man that poses as well as this guy does, it's really cool. Because I felt like with this armor, it felt more costume and less armory mm. as opposed to his other Iron Man armors. So... Just such a cool fig, man. So I got that guy. Right away, I swapped him out my old Marvel Legends and threw him in there with the pile of the other guys. So got my hands on him. And um, you know what? I'm taking it back to the games, man. I got my hands on the uh, the latest Zelda game. They did a remaster of Zelda from the Wii. Skyward Sword is the first Zelda game where you had to use like the motion controls to swing the sword. And it okay. drove me nuts. But uh, with this re-release on the <laughs> Switch, you can actually use uh, button controls. You can actually play it properly if you want so i got my hands on that and i've been i've been going hard on the zelda i'm feeling like i'm 16 again man playing this thing so uh it's been cool man i picked up the comics i'm, I'm caught up pretty much on miles morales the clone wars the, the the new clone saga i guess if you will and it's actually it's it's actually okay i was i was nervous because it's the clone saga that's that's some weird territory but um i like what they're doing with miles and um caught up on most of the batman uh sleeping on the mainline spider-man but um yeah man lightweight that's 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 been my week <laughs> in nerd is, is some of the books some of the video games and of course of course the action figures man brilliant Look, that's what it is i got those marvel legends as well i'm still missing the loki but i will say one of the yeah. biggest disappointments with that line yeah. the figures are great actually the wanda is fantastic figure. if you haven't mm. picked her up yes it's very much worth grabbing just that figure in the line because the the face sculpt the look the posability even her fingers are all kind of like weird like elizabeth olsen does when she's doing all like the wanda magic stuff cool brilliant figures but the falcon which drove me absolutely nuts you can't put the wings on without the loki without the stand so you can't have a standalone falcon figure it has to be with the stand i think the vulture is similar to that right the big vulture but the wings are huge yeah from that. the yeah, from the homecoming wave, you, it was weird. You had to get every figure, and Vulture was sold separately, yeah. much like uh, the Falcon is. But the stand was trash. Like, you, good luck standing that guy up. Good luck making that guy look good. Well, and the problem is, you can't make him fly. You, you can't make him fly, and you probably can't yeah. pose. Like, the wings articulate a little bit, but yeah, it, it looks like. And I haven't had a chance to set up because I don't have the Loki yet. But it looks mm -hmm. like you pretty much just have him standing straight with the wings. Like you, you can't yeah, have him Loki... bent over like with the shield wings or anything like that. It's gonna to be tough. You probably have to buy like a like a third party stand mm -hmm. because the Loki that I have, I looked at the stand and it's it's more flimsy than the Vulture one. It's so it looks like yeah, you could literally just have it to just kind of brace your Falcon or your cap up, yeah, and stand in a vanilla pose, a museum pose. So it's like I thought they would have learned the lesson this time because like I'm looking and I think was it Carlos and I were talking, but you know you go to McFarland, you pay twenty four bucks, you get your Superman and you get that stand and it'll hold like anything. Mm -hmm. It'll, it'll hold like a Marvel Select. So I don't know why they didn't give us... Or, or even the Black Widow stand, right? Yeah, that was a good That one. came out yeah. for the movie. That's a good stand. So I don't know why they want to give him something more like industrial to really have Cap, you know, flying and doing all those dynamic poses. It would have been a lot of fun. 
Well, here you go. What you have to do is you have to go by the 1999 Wonder Woman 84 Golden Armor figure, give it to your daughter, and then you can steal the flight stand that comes with that one. There you go. For your Falcon. It's a win-win. There you go. That's a win-win. It's funny because the other Falcon figures that we've got, the true Falcon figures, the wings attach. They're not articulated, but they, they still attach to his back. So you can have him as a standalone figure without a stand. And these wings yeah. aren't too dramatically different and do have a bit of articulation, like you said. So it's kind of a miss for me. So that select is looking more and more promising because I believe that is a, it's maybe more of a statue-esque figure. I'm not sure how much articulation there is in the wings, but at least you can get the figure with the wings attached to his back properly. And yeah. so figures Definitely. are great. Sculpts are great on all of them, actually. But that is probably the biggest miss of the line is that the, you can't get a true winged Captain America in a nice pose. So a little, little tough there, a little tough there. But Carlos, man, goddamn Batman. I know we got some exciting Batman stuff to talk about here, but you and I, we, we had a week. I think we, we pretty much cleaned up most of YYC when it comes to the good deals on Amazon. Well, Amazon or that, that secondary, yes. that marketplace, yes. man. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I had like the score of a century. Like it's still... It's not that grail that Christopher Reeve was because this thing, I didn't even know I wanted it until I had it in hand. But we'll get there in a second. And Troy, it's hilarious that you're playing Zelda like you're 16 again because all week I've been playing Castlevania, man. Like Ooh. Nerd Room Arcade, we're in sync, baby. Which one? Which one? The old, So I played through Symphony of the Night. Oh, the and, best. Yeah, and so I had bought like a, a pack on, on sale on the PSN. So it was that one, and it was one called Rondo of Blood. It was like... It's like a Japanese remaster of Dracula X, but then put into English again. Cool. So, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It, it I should have played it first because it's not nearly as smooth as <laughs> Symphony of the Night. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I got to do it, man. I oh. got to get through that Belmont family lineage. But Yeah, uh, man. Turn that castle <laughs> upside down. It's a hard right. game, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's funny because when I played Symphony of the Night, I kind of get to this point and... The castle, like I get to where the castle flips upside down, and yeah. I was like, "Shoot, I don't remember playing any of this back then." And then I'm like, <laughs> "I must have just finished it halfway and killed <laughs> Trevor, and yeah. thought that that was the end of the game." <laughs> and so had this whole new experience, like 20 years in the making. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was uh, it was fun, man. It was a good trip. Uh, down memory lane kind of thing and even caught myself doing grocery shopping a few times with that symphony in the night soundtrack on spotify mm. but uh amazing yeah it's amazing where those old games will take you but back to this week in nerd man it was a it was an epic one so start off the week and thanks to our boy sunny giving me a heads up for the first time in my life i saw my all-time favorite movie on the big screen got to go see robocop at the globe cinema oh no way with a buddy no of mine way. yeah they wow. had like a screening of it and stuff, and it was kind of cool. Like, uh, the globe is not the best spot, and the the staff's a bit weird and whatnot. That wasn't a great experience, but just sitting down and seeing this movie that I've watched hundreds of times in my life on the big screen, like, just took me away. It was it was amazing. Like, it, once again, it's like seeing something for the first time with all new eyes type of deal. And yeah, shout out to Sunny for giving me a heads up on that and yeah it was a pretty special experience to be able to see that and then from one favorite to another favorite go out on the hunt on the weekend and swinging from the 
pegs in that Hot Wheel spot, <laughs> I find Robert Pattinson's Batmobile. So the Hot Wheels Batmobile from the Batman. My first piece of merchandise from the Batman. I suspect my first piece of many mm-hmm. from that movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. It's kind of cool to get this thing in hand. And I know that they've been floating around in the wild here and there. But uh, I've had an eye open for a couple months now. And uh, I was starting to give up hope. I figured that, you know, a few of them snuck out. But with the movie getting delayed, uh, they got pulled back all the ones that were coming and i was gonna have to wait till the show came out but yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i'm not a huge hot wheels collector but it's just neat to have something with like the batman logo and with pattinson on the corner of that package and and i dig that car i I like that kind of 70s batmobile vibe it's got going on but uh man the heat this week the heat this week was a buddy of mine sends me on facebook marketplace and like I might be the world's greatest detective. I'll tell you exactly why he found this piece on Facebook Marketplace, given the seller and some of the pictures of herself that she has (laughs) on Facebook. But uh, he's looking at that, but he's like, oh, my buddy would be interested in this. And he sends me a listing for Sideshow Collectibles Legendary Scale Venom Bust. And I start messaging this gal, and I'm like, yeah, what kind of condition is it? Is this for real... What do you want for it? And um, end up picking this thing up for like, I I couldn't even ship a piece and pay the taxes on it from Slideshow at this point in time. Like it was nothing. It cost me less than a wave of Build-A-Figure figures uh, for McFarlane. But uh, it's a half scale bust of Venom and it is absolutely gorgeous. Like it's got an incredible paint application on it. It's like near mint. It had like a little nick in it that I, Pulled out my putty and did my best Troy impersonation. <laughs> little putty, a little paint. There you go. And you cannot tell. I'll uh, I'll post some pictures up so that they drop kind of to coincide with uh, this episode dropping. But it's just gorgeous. And I'm pretty picky with my Venom pieces. Like I, I don't have many, but like there's a certain look for Venom that I like. Like I don't like the eyes too narrow, and I don't like the mouth too funky, and I don't like too much like green stuff coming off of them and stuff. And this is perfect. It's like the right balance, just the right amount of tongue, just the right <laughs> amount of teeth. Like the the shape of the eyes is great. And yeah, it, it's gorgeous. I, uh, It's one of those, like I got it home and pulled it out and put it on the table and sent a picture of the boys. And I was just astounded that I own this thing. Like it is so cool looking. That's awesome. And yeah, it, it's, it's wild. And it, it kind of go like it's from, 2008 and it's one of those things that i remember seeing back in the day and just chasing other things right like that's the days of the dark night so probably focused over there and it's like yeah that venom bust is cool but not something i got the scratch for right now and uh, to land it now and to land it for what i did like that was a song man like i took a buddy out for dinner and it cost me more than that bus (laughs) wow I love it, man. You got to post that pic because I just went back to look at it again. But the, the picture that you have up on the DM, man, like that one has to go up on the IG page. Among with more, I'm sure. But it's a cool setup what you did. And that Venom is proper, man. It's it's a proper looking Venom that's just fierce. But still has a bit of that um, the McFarlane look a little bit. Still classic. You know, it's... It's spot on, man. I love it. Yeah, for thanks, you. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's. It just. Yeah, that's the thing with Venom, right? You never know yeah. what you're gonna get. It could fall. Yeah. It could fall anywhere. But, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, they they yeah. nailed it with that one, and it it's one of those. Like I said, it it wasn't on my radar, but when it was available, I was like, shoot, I got to jump on this thing like right now. <laughs> well, man, that, so. it's what you got to do sometimes with the especially the Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace. You just never know what you're gonna end up with. Like it, it is yeah. wild some days, and I've got a story that I'm gonna get into in just a minute here because. I too had equivalent like grail piece that didn't know it was coming and boom, a little bit of this and that late night run and you're out. But, but before we get into that, like my, my week here and the week we're talking about is going to be very ghostbusters focused, especially when we start talking about this afterlife trailer, but it started off with Carlos messaging me late last week saying, dude, I found it. I found the plasma series Ecto one on the shelf. So he slides this thing off for me. Now, this is the Ecto-1 from Afterlife. And so it's just a replica car scaled down. I think it's 116 scale. It is from Hasbro. It's actually quite well put together. Feels a bit plasticky, not super heavy. But it's got this great wash across it to give it the look from the Ecto-1 we see in the Afterlife trailer. Look at the rust spots, moving pieces, doors open, all this. So, And I was actually quite pleased with it because when I built the Lego the Ecto-1 Lego a couple months back, it gave you the option to either do like the original or you could put rust stickers on it to give it the look of afterlife. And I said, I don't want to do that. I want to keep this in that Ecto-1 1980s feel. But this one gives me a great representation of what we saw in afterlife. And I have it set up on my table and it's just such a cool little piece. And it wasn't terribly expensive and they seem to be flying off the shelves relatively quick. And I think after this afterlife trailer, you're going to start to see a lot more Ghostbuster stuff disappear from those Walmart shelves. So super stoked about that. Thanks to the goddamn Bat fam. Not only Carlos picking it up, but his lovely wife dropping it at my front door. I said to her, I said, I got, I got to buy you guys dinner or something. <laughs> like, you're basically no, my man, secondary Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and that led into this unbelievable find on Kijiji. And you guys, we talk about Kijiji all the time here. We didn't realize until, you know, like a year or so ago that it was exclusively a Canadian thing, but it's basically like an online garage sale. So people can post random stuff, similar to your Facebook marketplace that Carl's just talked about. You post random stuff on there. And I've got a couple save searches like Jurassic Park, TMNT, and Ghostbusters is something that pings up on my phone every day. Something, someone's always posting something. And I had boots on the ground for less than 24 hours coming back from my vacation. And I start messaging the guys, ah, there's, there's something going on here. And I I'm, I'm, I got something building here in the background. And so this guy had posted this lot of Ghostbusters figures, which included the Ecto-1 mint complete with the original box and instructions, a original Ray and Janine fright feature figure, an H2 ghost, bad to the bones uh, monster, the Ecto-2, which is the helicopter, a goober ghost, which is this thing you can put the slime in with the box, and this really cool 80s poster that had the figures on it. And so I messaged this guy. He wanted, you know, it would be right, right this. He wanted 300 bucks for it. And I thought to myself, well, geez, like the Ecto one with the box is probably worth close to that. And so I messaged him, and he goes, ah, oh, I have a friend that, that wants it. Let me check with him. Because he had piecemealed it out, and he said, if you want the whole lot, I'm kind of interested in talking to you a bit more. And I said, I'll bring you $300 cash right now. And this is like 8.30 at night or something like that. And so I kind of keep sending them little messages being like, well, I can be up in half an hour. I can bring you cash. And finally he just says, just come get it all. And so I boot it up there, grab it, pull it all out. And man, 
Look, I posted it on Instagram. You can check it out at the Nerdoram. This hall is unbelievable. Like, this is like a grail hall for me. It fills in a lot of nice holes, but getting the Ecto-1 with the box, like the original box, this is an 87 box, which is, would have been the age of box I would have had as a child. And just the, the beyond that, everything else is a cherry on top. Like, I have an Ecto-2, but now I was able to pull pieces off it and complete the Ecto-2. Uh, in the Janine Vare, I had as a kid, but now I have a minty one, stiff joints with the ghost and with her weapon. Like this, 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 this haul was absolutely unbelievable. And I tell you guys, when it comes to toy hunts and that, being persistent is key sometimes. Like Carlos was saying, like you message, you get in there, you get up there, and you get it. Because people are usually w- just want the thing gone and want the money in their hand, <laughs> and that that's all yeah. they want. And so you guys saw this, this haul, like I was going back and forth, freaking out about it. And, you know, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger, pay the asking price and go for it. Yeah, man. That was a smart move on your part. And yeah, just the, the excitement in your voice. I get this like exuberant phone call from oh, yeah. Tim <laughs> just <laughs> like after the pickup. And I was just like, oh man, I know how my wife feels when her girlfriends call them and they're like, oh, I just got engaged <laughs> or like Johnny just proposed to me. That was like the same vibe that was coming off this phone call. Well, I, I'm in my car, like racing home, hoping they got to call me back and be like, oh, I made a mistake. But I, I was like, I have to phone someone and talk about this that understands the magnitude of this pickup. And the fact that I was was home for less than 24 hours too. Like it was just this weird like coincidence and almost like this this point in the universe that just just came out of nowhere and boom, I had it and it was it was, I was there, could get it. I just ran upstairs, said to my wife, I said, look, I got to go. <laughs> She's like, where are you going? It's 9, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And it was a Sunday night or something. I was like, I, I got to get some figs. <laughs> Man, but that's an incredible haul. Like, y- you could hunt for another 10 years and not find all that stuff in that kind of shape in one spot. No, and that's Never the thing. Again. Like, the box, is, the box is what sold it for me. Like, I was willing to pay that 150 or so for just the Ecto-1 in the box. And then, because I, I had messaged the guy that originally, and then he said, oh, it's kind of piecemeal there. And I said, I'll take it all. You know, I have a couple duplicates in there, but they're all upgrades, which is nice too, from what I have. So I'm just going to flip everything else. So persistence, yeah. guys, man. And sometimes, like I said, hit grail pieces, just pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> so a wild, epic week in Nerd. And I guess on the back end of that, I, I picked up, I'm slowly am filling in my Phantom Menace three three quarter inch collection, so I picked up three Phantom Menace figures. I put I had posted a, an image up on on Instagram there of kind of what I'm trying to fill in. And so I I love that line. That is like the line for me when I was I think I was 14 or so when that came out, and that's when I was like a true collector. And I saved all the card backs and everything's minty, and I have all the weapons still. And so going back and filling in just piece of that for like five six bucks a figure, it's it's pretty cool. I picked some stuff up from Marty's too. From that which is nice every so often i i feel like i always gotta buy a figure when i walk out of there with my comp books so i picked up an, a queen amidala from uh from him as well so yeah just fill it in little pieces but but what a week guys what a week the nerd room continues to just uh take calgary apart when it comes to toys and collectibles i know man it's uh it's been heavy on that pocketbook i gotta i gotta chill i got all these batmans coming out well that that's a thing too man what we're going to talk about now some of the the figure reveals that's coming out of these various connections or conventions i should say over the past couple of weeks because you know we talk about this stuff you know troy had a light week which consisted of video games comic books several action figures 
and that that's a light week because the and you get guys get it prepared here because the next year or so is gonna be crazy and specifically for the goddamn batman like we've got that cape crusader show coming out the batman with the flash which we're going to talk about here again in a few minutes all that on top of everything that our good friend uncle todd over at mcfarland toys is doing so we got some interesting news from from him today that they're taking over what was the what is it the dc direct line correct dc direct yeah so that was dc comics kind of in-house collectibles company mm-hmm. so i and they were cool like i had a love-hate relationship with them they made some cool stuff it wasn't always engineered the best like the the figs would have kind of loose joints and stuff like that and they wouldn't hold up even you just have them on display and the eyelets on the knees would get <laughs> loose and you have to have the justice league all sitting down kind of thing <laughs> and the or the my pet peeve being a statue collector is they'd abandon statue lines mid run so it's like i got this really cool line of dc dynamic statues where they have translucent bases to make them all look like they're in motion or using their powers so like superman's taken off at super speed and batman's emerging from a cloud of like a smoke bomb kind of thing or green lantern's got a bunch of um energy around him but they can the line before they do the flash. It's like, really? You make a line of statues that's specifically supposed to showcase your characters in motion and you <laughs> pull the pin before you make the fastest man alive? Like, yeah, thanks for my uh, for my Wonder Woman that you had to, to stretch to figure out how to put her in some kind of motion. But, uh, yeah, you, you forget about doing the flash. So I get frustrated with things like that or they do things that were really reasonably priced and then exorbitantly mm-hmm. priced. So one week you're paying $40 for a Batman black and white statue and you order the next one in the line and it's 135 and it's like, it's the exact same thing. It's just like a different guy's art. Why, why is this triple the price? So who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear that uh, McFarland toys, I guess what the deal is, is that they have to, liquidate the remaining DC direct stock. And so they're taking charge of the distribution of that. And they're also fulfilling uh, the, the products that they solicited, but I think didn't um, bring, bring to market. Mm -hmm. So there's a few statues in that, that they sold to people, but they never put them into production or (laughs) they were kind of midway through production. Who knows? But uh, yeah, they're cleaning that up, but, once McFarlane kind of takes the license full bore, like I'm pretty excited to see what he brings. Cause like you get cool stuff for an extremely reasonable price. So if he starts playing in like that diamond select space with some of those vinyl statues and whatnot, like uh, something that's mid priced, but with his, his heat on it, I think that'd be pretty cool. So yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. Is he doing, um, so like the, the original direct line, they made like the six inch scale figures as well. Is he also going to dabble in that too? Or is he going to keep the yeah, seven inch stuff that, away separate? No, that's what the release sounded like is that he wow. was going to be playing with that. Like, it sounds like he's going to be the entity that's fulfilling that, that Batman animated, like the legend continues line. Nice. Like, that you were messing with. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
with like that's the death stroke and the court owls and all that kind of stuff. So well, that's that's cool because yeah, I'm with you because I have a bunch of the DC Direct stuff and like yeah, the joints would go, the kneecaps would go. They never had peg holes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But they were really well detailed looking sculpts. Like they looked really cool, but once you got them out box and you played around with them, they didn't really hold up to your Marvel Legends. But I'm really interested in the statue game from his part because McFarlane, you know, you, you go back to his interviews, he's always actually, he'd rather sacrifice articulation for the presence and the, the stature of the character or the figure, right? So to see him get his hands on statue stuff, even looking at that 12-inch spawn that he's recently put out uh, from the mm-hmm. MK11 line, statues is his thing. So I can't wait to see what he's going to do with this line, especially because it'll be a little more affordable too, like you mentioned. So this is exciting times, man. It's just for me, I'm a little like, shoot, because I hopped on the McFarland line because it was the only DC stuff we were getting as a figure. And they, at the time, well, they still are. They're seven inches. So I was like, well, this is different for me to jump into. But now he's going to be giving us the six inch stuff too. So now I'm like, damn it. Like I could have stuck with those guys the whole time. So yeah, I don't think he's going to compete with himself. Yeah, I hope not. Possibly just the animated series stuff from in that scale, right? Like I don't think he's going to be. Well, he's, he's releasing the 66 Batman and that's six inch, right? The 60. Yeah. So that is with the Joker, uh, the different head swap Joker. We get two variants of the Jokers, two variants of the Robins. I think there's only one Batman, but there's six inch. And I think you build like the Batcave, or you can buy the Batcave separate or something. Yeah, like he, his logic when he was talking about that was he really wanted to do like playset stuff and have the Batcave and have the Batmobile that you could stick them in and and whatnot. And so that's why he went with the six inch. That's what his justification was. So, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, like I'll be passing on the line because it's six inch. Like Mm -hmm. I was planning on grabbing the Batman and Robin if there were seven and could go with the rest of my figures. Because yeah. I think those two would look hilarious with like my line of all these like <laughs> total grim, dark, like yeah. brooding Batman that he's put out in Death Metal. Dark Knight's middle. Yeah, exactly. And those two would be hilarious there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Like I, I kind of trust the guy because he's got yeah. just such a fanboy mindset mm-hmm. and like he, he always talks about making stuff that he thinks is cool and like you know, 85% of the time, like I'm on the same page as that guy. Like, yeah, you say that's cool. I think that's cool too. That other 15% of the time, it's maybe too spiky, but you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. So yeah, I don't like if we can get like Batman and Superman figures, like that MK 11 spawn that he did that, like, yeah, I man. don't even know what that one is. Like that. He's not the gunslinger spawn, but it's just a cool figure. And you could tell that he's like, I've drawn this. I think it'll be an awesome statue. So let's just slap it in a 12 inch MK line and make the head articulate so we can sell it as an action figure and <laughs> off we right. go. But that's right. Cause he, he also did your boy. He did the Witcher as well, right? It's yeah, a 12 inch one as well, right? Yeah. 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 Man, that's yeah. exciting, that's man. Cool man, McFarlane yeah. is, is delivering here. And that goes to show the confidence yeah. I think that DC has as, as the, the company itself continues to pivot in a different direction, the faith that they've put into Todd McFarlane, and even the success that they've had with these figure lines is that they're shifting over more to him. It's exciting and giving him the freedom or continued freedom that he's had in that space to deliver. Look, Carlos was an action figure collector a year and a half, two years ago. And now how many how many McFarlane waves has he bought? All of them? <laughs> oh, I know. It's ridiculous. And it's so funny because like, as I was doing notes for the show, I'm... I just jumped onto like a, a toy website and you're always making fun of like, Oh, McFarlane released another wave yeah. today. And like the first thing when I open this page <laughs> is like a new two pack 
Of course. Uh, Batman White Knight. It's like the climax of the second series with like beaten down Bruce versus the black Asbats. And I'm like, seriously? I, was, I, I heard your voice in my mind's eye <laughs> making fun of me and just like <laughs> the sheer volume of stuff that Todd's putting. Well, out. and he's, he's not alone in any of that. Like the figure space has gone insane. If you go back to our pandemic, our early pandemic show, we're like, oh no, what's going to happen to figures? Is it going to be a dry year? We're never going to find any plastic on the shelf. They didn't stop last year and all of that whatever's been maybe pushed out a little is all coming now you get companies like NECA and Hasbro the announcements they've had like perpetually over and throughout the pandemic but even into what is your traditional convention season you know we had SDC or we had SDCC happen at home and it was kind of a non-event this year I texted the guys I was like look did I miss something like why does SDC feel like nothing we usually do where i am right now on vacation again <laughs> it it's always a two-parter show where we can't do it all inside of an hour and a half and so we have to bust it up into two hour and a half shows this year we couldn't even scrape together an sdcc show with the exception of some of the toy reveals coming out of places like NECA, which had some exclusive reveals early on in the week in a TMNT line. So we're getting a maskless Casey Jones. We're getting a Secret of the U Shredder. We got a good look at the Danny figure from the TMNT line. So that line is rapidly expanding. Troy, are, are you going to get that maskless Casey? I know you're looking at that a little hard once you got the, the masked <laughs> Casey, but are you still sticking to just the turtles or... Is there any way you're going to venture out into some of those new NECA figures? No, man. I'm, I'm, I'm patting myself on my back because I, <laughs> I'm i good. You know what? I, um, I, I've thought about it hard. And I actually, the Casey that I have, I think I'm actually probably going to put it away. I'm probably going to sell it, man. I'm, I'm mm. staying true to my four turtles. I, well, I got a lot of turtles, but I'm, I'm going to try and keep it to like the movie line. And uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with it because like, if I keep going down this hole for me, man, it's gonna get dangerous. Yeah. It's gonna get nuts. Tell me so, about um, it. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw that. I saw it. I saw it. Casey looks great. He, does. he looks great. You know, and if he came out the first time, I probably would have held on to it because I love the option of having the hockey mask mm-hmm. or the non-mask, obviously, right? Um, so I'm good, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one. But I've been telling y'all though, the Pizza Boy from Part Two, that's a game yeah. changer Kano? for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get my hands on Kano, then that's 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 scary. Yeah. I gotta get him. That's all I need, and then I'm walking away. Uh, yeah. Well, it's coming, man. It's one of the few <laughs> yeah. main characters that they haven't touched yet, and you know they're saving that yeah. for something special. Because I, yeah. I got down this rabbit hole uh, at your lead, and I bet you I have because I've got two sets of turtles because I did the accessory pack head swaps, and so I, I must have upwards of 20 figures now from this line nice <laughs> and it's coming. it's so awesome though. yeah it, it's it's cool because they've fully embraced the, the nostalgic part of toy collecting and they're playing to such a a focus and a love of mine in that that turtle realm and it's that movie stuff like i love it so much and i haven't touched any of the cartoon stuff i'm doing the retro stuff on that i don't have a huge interest there but this movie stuff just for some reason hits me like right in a soft spot and I have to have it all. <laughs> like I can't, I can't miss on anything. I've got the April. I've got the Danny coming in the loot crate. I'm going to get the secret of I'm going to get this, this Casey with the mask off. Like NECA's doing it right. And they announced like a flash Gordon line this past week as well. And a lot of the monster movie stuff they do. And so they, they have this great thing like them and McFarlane, I think are, are really well in touch with, 
with the fan bases and with fanboys, as you said, and the people that are running those companies are, are looking at collectors specifically. And now Hasbro mm-hmm. has embraced some of that as well, because like the other lines, Star Wars, the Black Series, Troy, man, the vintage collection, three and three quarters, whatever you collect, it is insane. I got a little itchy. I've taken about six months off from collecting Star Wars. I started to get a little itchy this week, and that's why I scratched that with some Phantom Menace figures. But I'm thinking now, like, where do I have to enter back into the Black Series here? And I think Hasbro provided me my entry point. And that's with the HasLab, the first HasLab Black Series six-inch scale project. So they've done the back the barge. They did the unfortunate Razor Crest that is now dust on the show. But they announced, I guess, after their Marvel Legends stuff, the three-foot, whatever it is, uh, Sentinel and Galactus. Galactus. Did they also announced mm. humongous <laughs> figures. He lights up. He does, man. He lights it's up. crazy. Like a Marvel Legend. It's yeah. like th- 32 inches, I think, the size of that Galactus. It's insane. <laughs> He's bigger than the statue they showed off at the Sideshow Con. Yeah. Like, to put that in perspective, it's nuts. It's, like, that's the Galactus to get. It's yeah. huge. And yeah. I think it's about 400 bucks for that. But then they also yeah. announced a six-inch scale Rancor from Return of the Jedi. And this is something... I love how you're like, I took a break from Star Wars, and I'm coming back, and my first piece... <laughs> Is this massive freaking <laughs> Rancor beast? <laughs> well, there's two parts to that. One, I think it's cool they're doing a HasLab thing for that scale, and I want to support it so that we get more of it. You know, a lot of people wanted a playset or something to that effect for thick photography, and I really support that. I want them to get that down the line. But if we don't support this stuff, like if it ends up like the six-inch scale vehicles, which rotted on the shelves, you know, I got taken for the 125 bucks for that giant TIE fighter, and people are buying it for like, $30 on Amazon two years later. But I, I like this the, this direction with the crowdfunding for the bigger things, for the collectors. I think it's a cool avenue for them to get these pieces that will not sell. Like collectors and people, like the general population, will not buy a $250 Black Series Rancor. Like it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and so to have something like that crowdfunded, it's a cool concept that a lot of companies are – embracing even mattel is doing it over on the the wrestling stuff now so this rancor there's no price there's no images there's no actual size but i will say i'm in i'm in unless it's like 600 dollars. i don't think it will be i think it's going to be in that 250 to 300 range seems about right maybe that's even a little high but i'm in it's gonna be big it's gonna be big you think you think they'll throw in a, a luke with a the, with a bone my hope my hope is they do that the when they kind of level up as you go that we're gonna get yeah. a rancor keeper will be one the first yeah. reveal and then maybe a luke with a bone or something to that effect yeah man i think it would be cool got to. yeah they have to get yeah. there or maybe like a gate or something i don't know and crush on its head yeah. or something to that effect. with a twillick the twillick yes that'd be huge yeah that'd be cool too yeah. because like that your yeah. next steps are are things like that right a bigger play yeah. set uh something for jabba's palace we got the return of the jedi anniversary coming up here in a couple years i guess uh two years right. 2023 so they're all building towards that so anything i think with return of the jedi is on the table as far as that yeah. and if it's successful it leads to other things which is yeah. what intrigues me and what has me wanting to back it so crate dragon man that's what I need. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> they did that with the Mando. There's a bunch of people speculating that oh, was man. one of the things that could have been, but that would have been enormous. Real. Enormous. That'd the be size huge. Of your table. <laughs> that'd be huge. But that's like for me, like that's a standout episode. Oh, like yeah. that's the first episode of season two. It was massive. The production was amazing. You got um, what's the Marshall called again? Great oh, debut Cobb on the Vance. show. Van- I, Cobb Vance, yeah. right? Like or Vance Cobb. That's a great. Yeah, Cobb Vance. Yeah. So I think that would be 
I'm just saying, if that was me, if they, if they dropped that, man, they got my money for that one. Imagine them putting out a four-foot-long oh, crate dragon. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, Troy, with the with the with this yeah. big thing, maybe put it on the side for you now, but yeah, where's, the, where's your Star Wars at when it comes to the collecting side of things? You've got these Tartakovsky three-and-three-quarter-inch figures coming out in yeah. September, I think, or maybe summer of 2022. You've got a lot of yeah. Black Series announcements, a lot of convention exclusives that are playing homage to things like The Power of the Force with his Cantina set. We've got our, our yeah. first Dave Filoni as an X-Wing pilot <laughs> dropping as well. <laughs> so where are you at with this huge onslaught of both scales of Star Wars as they're announcing all this stuff over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm low-key, man. You know, like Carlos and I, we, we attacked Toys R Us hard. Um, you know, we came, we saw, we conquered. And we got everything that we needed from that run. And for me, I'm a, I'm a prequel guy. I'm a Clone Wars guy. And and I feel like I'm kind of full right now. At this point, um, I'm just going to be more focused on prequel stuff than ever. So any kind of prequel stuff that comes out, I'm on it. Clone Wars stuff comes out, I'm on it. But I mean, as for Return of the Jedi stuff, like I, I, I got all the figs that I really like from that line with the green card back. The Mando stuff that continues to come out, I'll obviously grab. The Book of Boba Fett, obviously, we'll mm-hmm. get some figures from that line i'll continue i'm not gonna dive in with the um rogue one but i will grab obviously the ones i missed so like baz i missed uh bodie was like it's it's crazy that we and and, i'm surprised we haven't gotten a saw um which is so weird but um yeah for me it's just it's very um very focused and choosy um the clone wars animated series that you mentioned i was like i think our our homie Stu. Stubaka, he posted one of the images like, oh my god, but then it's a three and three yeah. quarter, and I'm like, what? Like, I guess they need love. The three and three quarter line needs love, but um for me, I'm gonna have to pass from that. If it's six inches and it's the clone troopers, like I'm there, because that to me is like my superior clone wars series. I love that series, uh, with the samurai jack art going on. So um yeah, man, I'm just kind of waiting out to see what comes uh, from the Book of Boba, I guess, because that will probably be the next thing, because the series drops, what, November? Yeah, November, December. December. November? You've got all, like, they're going to make yeah. every character for the Mandalorian, too, right? Well, definitely, yeah, and then we're holding, like, we're obviously going to get the Boba Fett yeah. suit, right? Like, the repainted, and, yeah, like, the, with the, the just... cloth and all that down, down Yeah, there. yeah, and, and we'll get, obviously, um, Finnick. Yeah, Finnick, right? and we'll get Cobb Vance, yeah. probably, and... Cobb, yeah. Yeah, we're going to yeah. get the, the any yeah. figure that had more than 30 seconds of screen time in that show or any character is going to get a figure <laughs> definitely definitely yeah yeah that one's going to fill up so i'm definitely gonna get my hands on that side that line when it drops yeah well and yeah. like the you like like you i've been focusing in on the mando stuff i've been picking that stuff up in the yeah. background as well because at at the time when i was doing it it was a relatively confined set and now it's it's going yeah. exponentially relative even to like you look at your sequel era stuff that is completely stopped like you don't even see any of that anymore you got that dark ray and boom nothing like there's nothing coming yeah. out in that space like they've completely put it aside and the mandalorian has filled the void that is the new big screen stuff you know they got yeah. a lot of throwback stuff a lot of clone war stuff recently with the bad batch and everything but it's the mandalorian that's taken up the the on-screen other than your your throwbacks, of course, to the OT and all that. Now, Carlos, you've had a lot of Star Wars coming into your house recently. Like, a lot. <laughs> oh, man, it's ridiculous. Like, I had the box from Big Bad Toy Store come and open it up. Not a single thing in there for me. Like, how, how do I get a box from Big Bad Toy Store and there's no Batman merch in there? Zero. Zero. 
and it was almost all Star Wars and Superman. I love it. Yeah, it was all Star Wars and a Superman pop. Like that's that's what was in there. So, yeah. Don't tell me I'm not a good dad. The best, the best. He even, even scored even scored me a Grogu uh, retro collection figure in there as well. I know there's so many Grogu's coming into this place. We can't even keep track. I was like, shoot. I guess I could hook Tim up because we've already got yeah, this guy duplicate. on. You're like, hey, do you want this? Like, yeah, man, I'm looking for that. So, <laughs> well, that's something that you can actually pretty readily find is those Mando retro collection. I, I've seen them almost everywhere I go, with the exception of the Mandalorian and and Grogu, of course. So the the retro ones, it's interesting because that it was a cool line that I said I was all in on, but then I decided only the Mando and Grogu because I I just I don't. I love the concept behind all of that, but I've grown tired of it a little bit. Yeah, and it's funny because I thought it was something that wouldn't bother me, but that sticker, yeah, totally bugs me. Yeah. And it's it's funny because that's how your Grogu ended up coming to pass. Was we got the first one here from Amazon, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just take this this sticker off for you, sweetie. It'll look way cooler without the sticker on the box," and just made a mess. <laughs> Did you so heat it up? Like, you got to heat it up. Heat it I up, did man. heat it up, man. Oh, it did, okay. oh, oh. It, it was still like oh, no. gross and sticky, oh, no. and, and it just picked off just enough of the card yeah. where it, it looked bad. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess you got a loose one. So then I ordered another one, not knowing, forgetting that I had ordered one from Big Bad, <laughs> and then my wife had got her one. So yeah. oh man, <laughs> the Grogs, he's all over the place yeah. in this place. But uh, yeah, man, <laughs> you know what? Like the Star Wars collecting, like as much as I, I kind of. Uh, grown about financing it it is fun mm-hmm. like i've had a it's been neat to experience that with her and it takes me back a little bit from the days collecting like phantom menace stuff with my buddies even though i wasn't collecting it and then um it, much like troy she's so focused in what she likes and it's cool because troy and i can just hunt for each other because mm-hmm. like these two are like in sync with everything it's like Clone Wars and Ahsoka, and it's like, uh, well, that's the one, uh, man. That's, yeah, if, if you need an extra set of eyes, I, Troy is the apex extra set of eyes for this kind of stuff. So well, it's, it's such a cool time for her specifically too, because this is like a huge renaissance of that era of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and like for you too, Troy, mm-hmm. like having so much love and passion for that specific set of of time inside of the Star Wars universe, where you're getting the Bad Batch, yeah. just got the Clone Wars the Mando, the Filoni verse kind of all refers back to it. So it's all kind of connected and you're getting yeah. all of these figures. Cause you go back even five years ago, it's mostly sequel and OT stuff. You're getting very few yeah. clone war era type figures. You get the odd Anakin and Obi-Wan chucked in there, but you weren't getting the volume of stuff that you're getting both in the three, three quarter inch and the six inch. And so it, it's really cool that, that she's been able to come into that that space where it's all being re-embraced in a major, major way. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, she likes different enough stuff that it, it's kind of neat, right? Like, people are kind of down on the Bad Batch, but she's like, no, I'm all in for these guys, and, and, and they're awesome. And then, like, Cal Kestis. Like, <laughs> I brought home Cal Kestis on the weekend, and she went crazy. Like, you got the deluxe figure? Yeah, man. Oh, nice. Well, because nice. we missed the first one. We were right. late to the party with Cal. Right. So um, we had to go for that poncho look, which uh, it's ironic because, like, the the look that he had with that first figure is kind of how I rocked Cal when I played through the game. Yeah. 
but with the deluxe figure with the poncho and stuff, that's that's the look that she went for when she was playing through. So it was kind of fitting, I guess, seeing that's as cool. she's the the one messing with the black series figures that that's the look that she got to rock. So that's awesome. he's a cool figure though, and he comes with like BD one and the little like the little kind of like raccoon cat thing that's running around that's on right. his kind of base planet and stuff. So so it's so yeah. cool, and it's unfortunate that. You know, with that Cal Kestis, because I, I, the amount of times I had that figure, that original figure in my hand, you know, as we were getting through, because it came out with the Rise of Skywalker release, I believe, that first That's wave right. of stuff. With yeah. the white box yeah. and the red box. Yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So, and he was kind of the one that was sometimes there, but usually there, sometimes not. But it's, it's crazy how these things cycle through and like he caught heat and that game caught heat and then those figures disappeared. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it's one of those where you got to fall in love with the character yeah. by playing the game first, yeah. right? And then go hunt for that plastic. But yeah, it all worked out, I guess. In in the end, I'd, I'd still like to get the original, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool, man. I'm I'm enjoying dabbling in the Star Wars and being able to fill out her collection. And I love it. Yeah, it's I love it, man. It's and fun. it's it's great too when you have all these different focuses and the ability to kind of pivot to these different franchises. Mm. I said it time and time again. That's what keeps my collecting exciting. You know, is I relinquish mm. that hard focus, that very narrow focus. Like we talk about focus in specific lines, but ultimately, you know, as focused as Troy is, as focused as I am or Carlos is, it's focused across six lines. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like whether yeah. it's a hot toy, Marvel Legends, McFarlane's, yeah, we're focused inside of those lines, but we have this huge breadth of figures. And so when Black Series isn't delivered, you pivot to something else. You pivot to a hot yeah. toy, you pivot to McFarlane, you pivot to DC Direct, whatever. Posters, doesn't matter. It's something is there. And that's what keeps the game exciting and it allows you to move away from that undertone of frustration that you hear from time to time from collectors. And mm. I don't like hearing that because it, it, it upsets me when, especially when you're hard black series, some black series hit and miss in Canada. And, yeah. you know, if that's your sole focus, it, it can be, fr I can see how it can be frustrating, but just find a little extra thing. You know, you gotta always be spending money. <laughs> yeah. Or you end up buying stuff that you don't necessarily yeah. like, right? Like the line is doing figures from a movie you, that didn't resonate with you or characters that you don't love, but you're just buying them to complete it. It's like, yeah, just take that money and spend it somewhere else. Right. Exactly. And, Exactly. Yep. That's what I've done the last six One, six so months with Black Series. Just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Here we go. We got seven other collections yeah. on the go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh, one movie, one film here that is going to be a big piece of 2022. Before we get into Ghostbusters Afterlife here, we got to talk about the Flash again. Now the Flash has taken quite a big chunk of our time over the last couple of months because of what Eddie Muschietti is doing what this film is going to be, and what it has really transitioned and evolved to over the course of its production. Now, spoilers here. Spoilers for The Flash. I want to put that tag on there. Maybe go ahead about 10 minutes to the hour mark because we're going to talk about some set photos, some set leaks. So these aren't official images. These aren't things that WB has put out there. These are things that people are snapping photos as they're doing stuff inside of a city. So they're out there for consumption if you want them. If you don't want them, you don't have to listen to the breakdown, whatever. But we're going to talk about them because it's pretty exciting. <laughs> so <laughs> The Flash. We had the return of Michael Keaton. You know, we saw some set photos of him. The Yellow Oval is returning. That character is coming back to this universe in a major way. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to see more Batman. There's, there's another Batman, at least one other Batman, 
in this film, and it comes in the form of Ben Affleck's Batman. And we got our first good look at this character riding his bike on whatever street they're shooting on, and it looks badass. Carlos, the goddamn Batman. I I gotta get your take on this, because I know you've been excited about this film in general, of course, because of the return of Michael Keaton, but the idea that we're gonna have two Batman, at least two Batman, in this film, and one of them being the Affleck, one of them being 89. Like, this is this is shaping up to be something really special. Man, you talk about having different things so you can pivot with your collecting. <laughs> I don't even need to yeah. move because it's like, I get all the Batman <laughs> next year. I, I just, if, I, if this one's not doing it for me, I can just look to the next Batman. You can get and the next Batman. At least four Batman next year, right? Including the cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, like four, guaranteed. Yeah. There will be four <laughs> mixed media Batman. Yeah. And Notwithstanding the video anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the video. <laughs> Shoot. He might be the most expensive Batman of them all. Oh, man. Here we go. I'm going to need another job. <laughs> but, but, oh, man. Like, these pictures, I tried really hard to just kind of scroll past mm-hmm. and not focus in and not pay too much attention to them and i went from that to like tim here's pictures in even higher definition than the ones we saw a couple of minutes ago man like oh my god look at this thing like this is so cool like this is that kind of comic booky uh, pseudo real batman where it's like yeah this guy could exist in real life but nobody's riding around on a crotch rocket like that mm-hmm down the streets of calgary right like only you i I don't what's that only you only (laughs) you ride around like that no (laughs) thanks baby (laughs) yeah like man that thing is it's just so cool like it's futuristic and it's techie and um it certainly channels the the ride that he had in batman white knight the or curse of the white knight which is cool like we preemptively have a mcfarlane vehicle <laughs> accessory for this figure and uh and the suit like i'm digging the suit it looks like an evolved version of mm-hmm. affleck's tactical suit from Zack snyder's justice league so man like this got me all sorts of excited like to see like i it, for all the cinematic batmans that we've had that's kind of the piece that we've been missing the most is that really comic booky um hyper hyper real or not hyper real but like um stylized kind of yes superhero batman looks like an action figure on his bike (laughs) yeah which is awesome like i i love that i think it's so cool and i I can't wait to see this thing in action i can't wait to see it in the context of the movie and and i love to see that they're filming outside like that makes a huge difference with those kind Mm -hmm. of things and you know like those first set of set leaks I'm positive that those were guerrilla marketing, like absolutely positive. You can't tell me that you're having images quote unquote leak, but they're all of things that you've announced already. So you're just reinforcing Michael Keaton, Batman being in this, you're reinforcing your Supergirl, but we haven't seen anything about the plot. We haven't seen anything as far as the villain goes. We haven't seen anything as far as how Affleck's Batman ties into this. We haven't seen anything as far as the multiversal pieces of this. So those are all massive components of this film and that those haven't leaked. It's like, hmm, I kind of feel like you're 
only letting us see what you want us to Man, see. Man, we said a couple weeks ago, controlling the narrative on their films and how people are seeing them. Look, they they paid nobody to release these. Maybe maybe they had you know gave them images and so on. And we've been perpetually talking about this film. I know, and we like we actively try to not yeah. talk about the same thing all the time. But like the Flash, he's coming all up in this house. Well, and it's it's making moves like this that are like really significant troy i know affleck is your favorite batman on screen hands down and to get to see him maybe one last time but who knows here with the multiverse opening up and who knows what the reception is going to be with affleck and this batman in the hands of a different director like yeah that's that's got me the most intrigued about this you know the set photos look cool action figure the cowl is funny to me because the cowl looks like an 89 batman cowl where he can't turn his head on this bike but like I'm excited to see what this Batman is. How are you, how are you feeling about seeing Affleck back on the screen, or at least his version of Batman back on the screen for another outing? Where it's not going to be, or at least in my opinion, based on these said, well, it's not going to be a cameo. He's going to have a role in this film where he is involved in the action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> Listen, Batman, <laughs> Batman is back. Like I think it was like last year. We got um, Robert Pattinson's Batman on the bike, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think it was about like yeah. a year ago, and it, and it was cool. But this guy is like, hold my beer, like, <laughs> I, he, like he, this is how you ride a bat bike. Like, I'm I'm so blown away. I know it's only set photos, but for me, Affleck just nails. And I don't know if that's even Affleck in there, but the design that they're going for, the gold trim buckle on the belt, the cowl. Obviously, they're gonna CGI the cape, the boots, and like and like Carlos mentioned, it's like a little bit of like an updated kind of scaled down almost a uh, tactical suit in some ways from the from the justice league and i just i love what i'm seeing i'm so happy that we have like this batman back and i and i really feel like we're getting more like i don't think this is the end of affleck um i'm totally fanboying out here but i i truly he's living his best life he has j-lo on one side <laughs> he has the bat cave he's batman like this this guy's good he's good he's he has this all day man like and everyone's winning. We got Michael Keane, we got Robert Pattinson, we got Affleck. Like, I don't know what else I could ask for. Like, DC is is really cheating us here. I think this is amazing. My only thing, my only only thing I gotta say is like, man, this is a Flash movie, and I feel like between Keane and Affleck, these guys are just running with the film because everyone's hyped about these guys. Like, yes, people are like, yeah, cool, we're getting Flash, and a lot of people liked what he did in uh, the Snyder Cut including myself i was really impressed actually mm-hmm. by him but uh with with these two juggernauts in my opinion between batman's affleck and michael keaton's i just want these guys man i don't even I, like we got supergirl in here too right yep. like yep. come on like this this is just this to me is amazing like um i don't know what i'm gonna do here but the other thing is the hot toy potential Ooh. because carlos <laughs> and i we've been going back and forth because i'm like i missed my chance i missed my mark on getting that affleck batman but we're definitely getting a Keaton hot toy. We're getting a Flash hot toy. We're getting the Supergirl hot toy. And we are getting Affleck's hot toy. And I'm all in, man. I just cannot wait to get my hands I, I on this guy. Because, man, I'm blown away. We're going to make that bike. Oh, yeah, shoot. Oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Man, yeah, the, the bike. This movie oh. is going to be a toy maker's paradise. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Carlos, I can just 100%. see the, the beads of sweat coming off. As as Mrs. Goddamn oh. Batman listens to this, with her hand in her head, being like, "Oh no, <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Like, 
It's it's not going to be good when this episode drops. I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, there's there's so much potential here and Troy I, I take your your fear about you know this is a flash movie but what about is going on mm-hmm. here the first thing that comes to mind is is civil war for me I want this to be yeah. DC civil war where it is a flash story but you have like in civil war you had the debut of Black Panther you had the debut of Spider-Man in the MCU you have all of these Avengers characters coming together you have this face off with Iron Man who is a force on the screen but it still felt like a cap film and yep. that's what I mm-hmm. hope Andy Machete is able to do here is introduce your, your Supergirl, introduce your Keaton Batman to the universe, insert Batman in the same way that those pieces were played so well inside of a Civil War. I think it can be done here. I think this can still be a Flash movie with all mm-hmm. these other pieces moving around it and getting and building the DC film universe into something just wild and special. And uh, the, the way that this movie, if it is guerrilla marketing, it's brilliant. But even the way mm. that the narrative is being controlled throughout this, it is absolutely fantastic. Like, I don't know if yeah. The Rock put some of his guys, you know, embedded them in DC and said, this is how you need to market stuff. So people literally never stop talking about your product. <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm convinced that The Rock and James Gunn are running yeah. that shit because <laughs> this this is like a whole new ballgame. Like, man, I've been in the trenches like. <laughs> My, my two my main two social media fandoms are Michael Jackson and DC and there were some ugly years for this for this boy oh, yes, Let, so this I will tell you with complete certainty feels like a completely different ball game awesome That's so cool. and uh yeah oh, I love it man I absolutely love the excitement and I can just it's mm. it's palpable across the screens here talking to you guys about this film and the potential the plastic, the McFarlane's, the DC mm. Direct, whatever they're going to do, the hot toy, it's going to be crazy. Oh. It's going to oh. be crazy. It's going to be crazy. But a franchise <laughs> that is coming at us this year that is going to weigh heavy on me personally in my pocketbook, in my watch, or in my wallet, is Ghostbusters. Now, once this this original movie, this movie was announced way back when, and Jason Reed was coming back, the father of Ivan Reedman who directed and wrote and did all the, the work on the original Ghostbusters, coming back and giving us a true sequel to Ghostbusters 2, picking up on the legacy of that franchise, of those characters, and bringing them into the present day. And I've, I've gone back and collected so much old Ghostbusters stuff in anticipation of all this because it got my excitement level up for that childhood love and passion that I had for this franchise in and through the movies and into, of course, the real Ghostbusters, which were all the action figures were focused. Such a huge piece of my childhood. And now we get this trailer that dropped today. And I love, you know, Carlos is joking that I called in a favor to get us something to anchor the podcast with. And, you know, prayers were answered, whatever they were, you know, <laughs> talking talking to to Jason and everyone here, just being like, let's let's get this trailer. Out. Don't, we don't need the No Way Home one. Give me the Ghostbuster one here, Sony. And boom, here it is. Here it is. And I guess at the top, this is a trailer that turns the nostalgia up. The buzz online this morning when this trailer dropped was so immensely positive, And all of it was like, this is exactly what they needed to do here. They needed to hit on the iconic imagery. They structured the trailer in a way that felt, to me, very much like the second Force Awakens trailer. With your score, the the visuals, the build, the characters, the narration, everything moved. Even the tease at the end with a legacy character. It all built into something that felt extremely familiar, but also brand new. 
which is the best way to transition a franchise into the next generation. You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor, but with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward, nerdy kid. Maybe a new home can be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing. You went with the station wagon? It's the only one that had an engine. happening here. Somehow, a town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. Egon came out here for a reason. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? You experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? Oh, my God. You guys hear that? Something's coming. The whole city took the walking dead. So my, my excitement level was at a literal fever pitch this morning. I, anyone who's commenting on Ghostbusters this morning, I was in their feed commenting on it as well. <laughs> I was just running around <laughs> picking various people. <laughs> so, so Troy, man, this, this franchise, yeah. you know, we've reviewed the movie Ghostbusters one uh, during the pandemic and all that. Mm-hmm. We all, we all have a favorable outlook on this. These are figures that you played with from real Ghostbusters as a child. What did this trailer do for you? Did it land for you? Increase your anticipation? Did you feel that little <laughs> ping that they're doing on your heartstrings there to try to get you back into and excited about this franchise? Yes. Okay, so I, this trailer, I was late to it. I watched it quite a bit of times, and I think it's a really good mm-hmm. trailer. And the, the Force Awakens stuff, is that's, that's money because the same thing hit me too. I was like, wow, this is just like the force awakens and in, in a good yeah. way too um i thought the score was awesome i thought visually visually it looked cool paul Rudd, in my opinion does no wrong even mm-hmm. though he didn't do much in the trailer but he just he's, he's awesome. rocking a beard he looks he looks great yeah he's awesome but for me i um i didn't feel the ghostbusters and i didn't yeah i didn't get like the obviously i did get the cartoon because it's it, the cartoon is very different from the movies the original movies but i this is gonna sound weird i might get a lot of hate for some reason I guess it's different because I've seen the movie, but the uh, last Ghostbusters film, and I can't remember the trailers, but I felt some of that DNA in that film 
of the original Ghostbusters more than I did in this teaser. Now, clearly this movie, we don't know, but I imagine this movie is going to be far better than that last <laughs> one. And I don't think, and I don't think that last no. one was even uh, horrible. I think it gets like um, kind of pooed on a lot, but um, it doesn't really deserve it. But this film to me was like, this is really cool. And I hate to go this way, but I did get a little bit of the Stranger Things, mm-hmm. like the very Goonies, like the kid vibe that happened to be in the world of the Ghostbusters, which could be cool because it'd be very easy for them to just go the route of like big city ghosts, whatever. So they're going a different angle. And I kind of like that. I guess for me, I just didn't feel like the, the connection of the Ghostbusters. I felt like this could have been anything, but like the movie looks really cool and the effects look great, obviously. But for me, the highlights was like the score. I think it's like a really well cut mm-hmm. trailer. And it gave me those like, yeah, that force awakens vibes of like, continuing continuing the new generation of the franchise without it feeling so much like the original if that makes any sense so for me i think it's a really good first trailer but didn't feel like ghostbusters in my opinion but i'm really excited to see where we're gonna go and obviously we're gonna get more it's really like i know it's the second trailer but in in my head it's kind of like i don't remember the first one what happened don't remember the first one right yeah so um i'm excited to see what's gonna happen and i i think they did a great job of not showing us too much Mm -hmm. they could have easily been like here's the original three guys coming out like they could have easily done that but they held back and gave us a little bit of that breather so they they did that (laughs) an hour later when they revealed all the action figures for (laughs) okay you guys saw those too right i didn't want to say anything but we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep those on the down low right but there's like a whole slew of action figures that gives away a good chunk of (laughs) the rest yeah yeah i I saw people losing their minds in the comments and i'm like i get it but i'm like it is called ghostbusters well and it's expected right it's like saying like you're upset that han solo and chewbacca look like han solo and chewbacca in (laughs) in force awakens right exactly (laughs) you kind of it's got got to go there like it seems like an inevitability to get to that point but um it's if you go back to i'm I'm glad you got the force awakens off this too because if you go back to trailer number two of the force awakens the structure and even the way that the score hits minus the the clear cues through the star wars theme is almost identical like the way it's yeah Yeah. the way it swells the way it it gets like the falcon in there the ecto-1 in there and the way it transitions through your new and then you get someone at the at the end that's your old yeah. your legacy character, it is almost beat for beat the same. And I find yeah. I rode this similar wave of goosebumps as I went through both of them. Like I, I remembered yeah. when I saw this one, I was like, this feels very familiar and it's not the Ghostbusters that feels familiar. So, <laughs> exactly. So, and yeah. it's interesting you say the, that is the the temperature I took from, from Twitter. It was either like, boom, me, where it was, you're screaming about nostalgia or it was, it felt like Stranger Things. And I find that kind mm-hmm. of an interesting dichotomy in what, what the perception from people because it's almost I think they're one and the same thing because mm. the love that I love I got off this was like it had this '80s feel this vibe of Ghostbusters it really worked for me nostalgia wise where Stranger Things is like in my opinion it's like a literal love letter to the 1980s which is, takes inspi- inspiration from the Goonies ET mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbusters of course the way the Ghostbusters outfit in season two or whatever it is, season three. So I, I find they're almost one and the same. You're getting this like 80s vibe. And I think the director, Jason Reitman, was literally said like this, I want this to feel as much like the 80s that it can. And I mm. think that's why you got to go to small town. It was filmed in Alberta, like almost all of it. So it, it's like in our home province. But if you're in a big city, I think you, you lose that 80s vibe. Because you yeah. have to address like the, the towers and the cell phones and the people and all this, you you extract yeah. the whole story and put it in a small town, and you can kind of do whatever you want with it. Like it can be a backwater town that you don't have to worry about 
you know, the big city vibes and everything going on. And you yeah. can play with like older cars and older buildings and run down stuff yeah. and scarier, spookier things. And so that, that's yeah. where I think it's been done before too. Yeah. Right. It's like three times we've seen it already. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I get that. Exactly. Carlos, man, what's, what's your take? What's your feel on, on this trailer? Oh man, I love this trailer. For me, the biggest thing was I was taken in hook, line and sinker on what the premise of the story was. I love that. It's not, we just inherited this mm -hmm. property and we're moving here because of circumstances. I love that Egon was there for a reason yeah. and that he was investigating and carrying on his life's work. And I, I hate when your heroes or your protagonists or the cause of whatever messes befalling um, your population in a movie type of thing. So I, I love the fact that this was happening no matter what. And he was in this town investigating whatever that is in that well and whatnot. And that his grandkids mm -hmm. question mark that's what I'm getting uh, are yeah are gonna be uh, continuing his fight type of thing and uh, they're going to uh, be stepping up to save that town and battle the ghosts and the action figures suggest that there's a few of the similar uh, antagonists mm -hmm. coming back through the other way so. We'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I really dug it. I, I love seeing, like, the point that sold me was when Janine yes, showed up. Yes, I love that. I love and that. And she's, so I don't know if she's like the ex wife or if she just followed him to this town and was looking after his stuff or what the deal was there. But when she showed up and she's kind of uh, laying those seeds for the fact that he was there for a reason and um, these kids are now in a circumstance where they're going to have to pick up his work. I was all in like I was just like that's where the nostalgia bit hit me and like I was liked Ghostbusters but it was never really my thing per se but um, it was like yes this is another chapter of this series that I want to see and uh, see where this thing goes and yeah like you guys said they cut the trailer extremely well and like yeah I'm I'm curious to see where they take it and I'm confident that it's going to be a killer movie. Like I I've liked all the pieces that they've moved forward. And um, like, I liked, I actually really liked Ghostbusters 2016, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I felt where, where that movie fell down was every time it tried to channel the original. Mm -hmm. It's like, there was no reason for city hall stuff except for they did it in the original. So it was kind of forced in there and there's no reason for Bill Murray to show up, but he was an original Ghostbusters. <laughs> so let's force it in there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I felt that's where that movie kind of tripped itself up a bit. Yeah. But overall, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it feels like they've learned those lessons and they're just telling a story that they want to tell. There's, It feels like there was some inspiration there. And that's why we're getting mm -hmm. this Ghostbusters movie as opposed to wanting to monetize the franchise kind of thing. And yeah, like, I, I don't know. The Stranger Things comparison, I... I I think it's honestly just the fact that Finn Wolfhard is in both. Yeah. That, that's where it comes for me. Like, I'm like, ah, 80s thing, that kid's in both. Maybe that's what it is. But, uh, yeah, it it didn't really feel Ghostbustery, but in a good yeah. way, in that this is something new and exciting. And, um, yeah, I, I love that legacy stuff. So, I'm in. Sign well, me that's up. what that's what it's all about too, and it's cool. Like it's Ivan Reitman's son that's doing it. It's the the story itself is the legacy of Egon, which is important to him. And I think you're right that there was a story that was crafted for a a reason and not to to build out 
another franchise like sony has been perpetually seeking out franchises right they they need to build something mm-hmm. you know all these other studios have these big franchises that they're continuing to build off comic book stuff yes they have spider-man but you're always looking for more and ghostbusters could be one of those and maybe that first shot in 2016 was looking at building something bigger but this one yeah it feels like they had a story they wanted to tell and that's fitting into something. And it, it, to me, it's all about legacy and, and, and looking backwards, but also using that to pivot forward. I, I love stuff like this, like transit, a true transitional movie, where I think this one will learn from some of, you know, I love The Force Awakens. I think it's an incredible film, but, you know, it, at times it feels very familiar. I don't think this is going to be that. This isn't going to be, you know, redoing Ghostbusters 1 because that's what we all want to see. This is going to be picking up the best pieces from that and using that to build the foundation for, you know, whether it is a franchise or a subsequent film. But I think where they're going to start is with a film, which I think is really important for something like this. Yeah, no, I agree. agree. So, you know, there, there's, you know, Just, as we go through, you know, there's some, you know, very iconic things. We get a new Slimer looking dude that was revealed a little while back. We've got the Ecto-1, of course. But they're also using, you know, some cool voiceover from the original film, like the commercial that they, they had done. And also we get this tease at the end, this legacy character tease. We've got, which is clearly, you know, it's Dan Aykroyd in there. And from the figure reveals and all that, we know that these characters are going to be in this film in some capacity returning to those roles. Troy, do you find that the legacy characters in a similar fashion to what they did with Force Awakens, do you find it's going to add to the film or does it take away from it? Like, do you need these characters in this film? Um, I would say for the Ghostbusters, I, I mean, I would have told you for Star Wars, yeah. you definitely need them, but you saw where that went. But um, <laughs> with this, <laughs> with this, I'm gonna definitely say you need the legacy characters. I think that's that's something that everybody did want from the the 2016 one, but just done better, mm. like not serving you hot dogs. Was it hot dogs or hot dogs? Those are like yeah, I can't weird remember, but... wink on like like on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. But I think people actually want some involvement because I keep going back to it, man. Like, listen, like. Um, Ghostbusters as a cartoon for me was was my thing, but I loved the extreme Ghostbusters mm. when it elevated the story, it continued the legacy. You had a cool new band of characters, but you also had, yeah, I think Egon was still on the part of the team, so that was really cool because you still had a bit of that flavor of like the OGs, but then the new guys mixed together, not just like forced down your throat. Here's a bunch of new guys, and the old guys are out. So I think with this film, I think it's a good. I'm hoping we get a good blend of uh, like the Stranger Kid. The Stranger Things kid, Paul Rudd, obviously mm-hmm. the young girl, and then also we definitely need Paul <laughs> Rudd. I think he fits that role perfectly for a Ghostbuster. Shoot, bring back Chris Hemsworth; he's pretty cool too. But um, no, I I think we're definitely gonna need get these guys. I know we're gonna get these guys, but I think this film needs it. I think when you think of Ghostbusters, you think of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like those are the they held it down. And 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 for me, I mean, revisiting Ghostbusters, yeah, Bill Murray. Um, Live action is a little different now, going back to some of those scenes. <laughs> but for me as a kid, I still go back to like the the toy Peter. Yeah. That's that's my guy. So I, I for me, I just like you need him. You need him in that roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be pretty incredible to see this hit the screen. You know, this is really one of the the big films for all of us in the November time frame coming out at the end of November, American Thanksgiving. So hopefully, fingers crossed. We can maybe see this in theaters together because I think it would be be quite an experience. And you know, th- this this trailer. It was goosebump inducing. It hit all the beats it needed to hit. And by the sounds of it, it, it landed with all of us here. And so it, it's it's really exciting to see yet another franchise from our childhoods finding a new life inside of, of 2021, 2022, whatever it's going to be. 
and uh it, it's it's great man this this you know this whole episode has has built another layer of excitement on top of of everything that we do and we talk about every single week you know my wife has always asked me the question how do you guys always have something to talk about because there's always something amazing out there for all of us you know it's whether it's ghostbusters or batman or flash whatever it's there look we just spent the last two weeks talking about loki and black widow and here we are ghostbusters and batman guys it is a great time to be a nerd and a great time to be in this space and i hope you guys are feeling the love out there i hope you guys are excited for what's coming in the plastic space inside of films tv whatever it is that you love i'm really hoping there's something out there for you because surely there must be (laughs) it's true man it's true so shout out to everyone that's coming back here every single week and listening shout out to everyone that's out there collecting on the grind doing their thing inside of their own love and passion inside of their own fandom and sharing it online i've seen grabs a lot with the gi joe stuff recently ian's always killing it jared's out there the black black series master that guy is is another level stubaka big shout out to you man you know collecting those comics doing that thing guys the tumbling saber everyone's doing great mark toy photography it is an incredible space that we live inside in our small community here and, and a big shout out to the vigilante guys too we just finished a live stream with them last week talking about loki always have a blast with those guys so please go over there on the let's go youtube page and check that one out and if you'd like to be a bigger part of this show whether it's sharing your love your passion for stars marvel dc beyond action figure collecting whatever you can always email us at the at gmail.com you can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net the hunt is real it's over on instagram you can check out what we're looking at what we are collecting what we are buying what we're picking up at gg facebook marketplace in the stores in the shops wherever you can find that at the nerd rm over on instagram and twitter guys this is where we have a lot of conversation we have a lot of fun over there you can find us there every single day of the week, whether it's in the DM or whether it is online commenting, me running around to every single person's comments about Ghostbusters and adding my two cents or handles right at the end of the episode if you want to connect with us there. So, guys, another exciting week, another great week to be a nerd. But there is going to be a next week, and there's going to be another show every single Thursday, guys. We're coming back here ready to talk nerd. But until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. Yeah, and he's going to be a broke Batman by the end of next year. Just, just like the books, yeah, man. That's comic accurate. State. Yeah, exactly. Bad knees and broken wallet. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. And thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.